everybody. My name is Chase Whitney. And this is Kyle Cameron. You are listening to the second episode of the Chase and Kyle Master the Market podcast. We are two realtors in the Southern California market and want to create a resource for all things real estate. Our plan is to keep these brief. In our second episode, we're going to discuss pricing for both buyers and sellers. We'll share a few thoughts about pricing a home for sale, as well as how to determine what price to offer on a home you're interested in. We'll also discuss Zestimates and other popular online valuation models and our thoughts on those. This is your first time listening. Thank you for coming. The Chase and Kyle Mash of the Market podcast is produced weekly, and show notes are found on our website, chaseandkylepodcast.com. So come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. And you can also follow our show and tweet at us on Twitter at chaseandkyle. Just the end. And Facebook. All links are in our show notes as well, and let's get right to it. So we're going to start out talking about pricing your home for sale. Always a tricky thing to strategize around. I know, and it's it's always it's never fun trying to decide the price, especially as the seller, because you really you don't know where to go. Right. I mean, the market determines the price, right? So your your list price is generally kind of a goal, right? That's yeah. You hope for it to be, yeah. but it just really depends on on your strategy but let's first talk about the the elephant in the room which is just gonna say which is gonna be zestimates or the other you know realtor.com zillow trulia all the big ones out there right they've all got their own versions of it's called an avm or an automated evaluation model Mm -hmm. and you know it's important to know as a seller or even we'll talk about buyers in a bit but uh, it's important to know that it's a computer right so they've got their algorithms and they can't for, for better or worse they can't take into consideration the condition of the house, any mm-hmm. upgrades that have been done to it. Um, they can't determine or use that as, a, as, as part of the model with school districts and uh, the area's crime statistics and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's based mostly on price per square foot, right? Yeah, for the most part. Um, that's from my understanding. I've I've done a, a bit of research on Zestimates. Um, well, good, because I didn't. Just trying, just trying to, <laughs> really just trying to figure out how they, how they come Getting, up with with all of their with their numbers and from everything i've seen it's it's mainly just based on a price per square foot within a certain radius of of your home right and and recently and this might have been six months maybe a year ago um they they came into pretty heavy fire about the accuracy of those <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about the this estimate because that's that's far and away the biggest and most popular of the of the avm models out there and, you know, if you look far enough, and I forget where you have to go and the, the little question mark icon or whatever, but you can actually pull up and they published their accuracy ratings. I know for most of Orange County, um, and every city and zip code is, is broken down from there on their, on their um, spreadsheets, but it's somewhere between four and more than 10% of the accuracy or, or of how far off those estimates can be, which, you know, f- even 5% on a house for, you know, $600,000, you're talking about a $30,000 swing. And, you know, that's that's not, nothing to squawk at. Yeah, I just I actually just pulled it up right now. Nationally, this estimate has a median error rate of 5%. That's lovely. That's lovely, <laughs> especially since that's the tool that most buyers and sellers use to look at, the, at what their house is worth. So, um, you know, and we'll kind of transition into into what goes into pricing a home, but it's just kind of important to get that those few thoughts out of the way and and make sure that that you as the consumer are are armed and educated and and know that while it's a great tool and might be a great thing on the surface, 
to know what goes into it and always to you know kind of trust your your agent or realtor to to provide better information or or further um you know, in, in person valuation yeah so we'll get off of those estimates for now we'll be back to them um i'm we'll, sure we'll throughout the back. show <laughs> but but so for sellers the biggest thing for for how to price your home is going to be the comps in your area it's pretty obvious they're going to determine what you can and can't get for your home um it's it's important to obviously <laughs> be a little bit realistic if you're if you're in a $600,000 neighborhood and you have the same house as the one that sold two streets down, you're not probably not going to get 800000 for your house. It might be a lofty thought, and, and I, I would love to uh, to be that agent that could get you that much, yeah. or both of us would, I'm sure. But you know, like you said, you know, it, it is important to be realistic, and, and while that might not you know, sound super exciting on the <laughs> surface, it, you know, it is important. And, and but, a, a, a way to a way to you know bring you down to reality uh, if you're if you're trying to you know be one of those sellers. My that, house is worth one million dollars. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to be one of those, I'm not saying it's bad because everyone wants to obviously get as much as they can for their house. Um, have your agent take you on a take you on a tour around your house to to the comparable properties and actually go inside of them because going to see what your competition is. Then you get an idea. It actually, you know, brings you back a little bit to say, okay, you know, maybe a house on on A Street was actually is a little bit nicer than mine, and they're listed at six fifty. I'm probably not going to be able to get that seven hundred mark because why would someone want to come and spend seven hundred on my house when they can get a nicer one a few streets down for six fifty? Right, and you know, and part of where we, you know, where we advise our clients on how to price homes and 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 get them ready for sale. It, it all comes down to your motivation and your timing. Um, you know, the more time you have to to go through the process of selling your home and, and close escrow and, and get something different wherever yeah. you might be going, um, that's going to deter- determine how lofty you can be with your list price and where to begin. So, you know, if you're up against it and you're you know relocating or you are you know already in escrow on something else and your house has to sell you know tomorrow. You might not be able to push the market as much as a couple or a family that says, "Hey, you know what? We want to sell when we can. We really want to get our price." Um, and again, as long as it's not lofty and, and out of the out yeah. of the realm of reality, that's fine. But you know, if you have more time to play with, you have a better chance at pushing the market and yeah. with the right marketing, possibly getting it. Exactly. And just an example of that, I I had a listing a while ago. Um, the sellers, you know, were fortunate enough to meet a situation. To where they could purchase their next home before they sold their current home, so we came on the market and we pushed the market. You know, we we nothing really in the neighborhood is sold for for what we tried to get. And while we weren't able to get them everything they wanted, we got them what? the second highest sale ever in the neighborhood. Nothing wrong with that. So I mean, that's I'm sure they were thrilled. They too, were right? yeah. They at the in the end they were thrilled. You know, obviously it took a little time. It took about 45 days, which realistically is not that long but in this market it, it seems like a long time right but they got more than i'm sure they were even hoping for yeah right yeah they did right so i want to give you guys a couple of of quick tips here and this you know not every agent might give you the same advice i know Kyle and i are both on the same wavelength here but you know you have to bear in mind or or, or be cognizant of the price bands with you know even going back to retail it's the same it's the same thought so you know every 100,000 dollar window is a very big psychological barrier. Mm-hmm. 
And there are bigger ones. 500 is probably one of the biggest, $500,000 above and below. And yeah. this is talking about Orange County, Southern California. So we know, you know, in different parts of the country, that might, you know, buy you a 13-bedroom, <laughs> you know, palace, but not quite here. So, but anyways, with those price bands in mind, you know, you want to make sure that that when buyers are looking at, when they're searching online, whether their agent has a search form or they're looking on Zillow or, or truly those websites out there, you know, everybody puts in a top price. So every single buyer is going to type in, hey, I'm looking up to X, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, say X is 500. If your house is worth, so you think, or your agent thinks it's worth 505, right? It's usually not a very good strategy to list the house for 503 because you think it's worth 503 yeah. or 505. Yep. You know, much, much better of a chance to get that by listing it, believe it or not, at 499 and being slightly under the market but also under one of the biggest price bands out there at yeah. 500. Yeah. Now on the flip side, and we'll talk more about this in a second, but you could also list for 525 if you have the time to do so and kind of wait it out and maybe have a couple of strategic price reductions in place if yeah. it doesn't happen in the next, you know, in the first couple of weeks, but there are two different two different trains of thought there. But you know, I just when we see a house listed for, you know, 603 or 703 or, or whatever it is, we just kind of kick ourselves in the foot. Like, <laughs> what are they thinking? You know, why every buyer looking up to seven is going to miss that house at 703. Yeah. And you're limiting your market based on that pricing strategy. And a lot of times and with buyers, and we'll, we're going to do a, an episode talking about financing and, and, and buying a house um, at some point down the road. But some a, point. a lot of Not times sure buyers that are approved, you know, pre-approved up to 700, that if if they actually you know absolutely fall in love with the house and they're they say this is the house we have to have it but they have to go to 705 to get it a lot of times there's ways to make that to make that work where there's a will there's always a way so and when it's not that much yeah things can be done but those but those buyers you know with the thought in mind that okay we're only going up to 700 they're not going to type in you know anything above 700,000 on their on their search so anything that is seven twenty five, they're going to say no, you know, don't have a chance for it. Right. So that's why we're saying if you're if you're in between the seven twenty five and seven hundred range, it's probably a good idea to to choose you know one or the other. Go at seven twenty four nine or six ninety nine. Right. Just so you're right in between, it's all going to work itself out in the end. The market's going to bring what the market's going to bring, and you're going to get you know what your house is worth. That there's the example of the house that that w- was listed at 625 and sat right you were telling well, me sat, this yeah yeah it sat this was oh, this was a year or, or two ago but I believe it was in long beach again and we've been using quite a few long beach examples but a pretty big market over there it was listed at six and a quarter and it sat at least it was a month maybe six weeks something like that with no activity and they were doing this wasn't our listing it was just a story that that we we heard through the the grapevine but they had reduced the price after called a month and a half down to five ninety nine, and say, hey, you know what? Let's try it this way instead. And within a week and a half, there were multiple offers, and the house ended up selling for six fifteen. So that just kind of goes to show you that that list price is kind of a moving target. It's it's not the the be all end all for what the house is worth. Yep. But there's also the same thing on the other end where if they would have listed it at five ninety nine ahead of time or six ninety nine, sorry, and you know, had that had that thought in mind. Five ninety nine. You're right. Five ninety nine. Okay. Sorry. Five ninety nine. They would have had that thought 
in their mind the first time, okay, you know, if we can get 600, think how happy they would have been, and it would have been done a lot faster. Right. They would have, you know, been at 615. So there's there's two ways to go on it. I, I'm sure in that situation, and it, this happens a lot, where sellers will, will come in, will come in and do a listing presentation. The seller will say, okay, I want this price. I want 625. And we as the agent, knowing the market and knowing what's going on, we might say, hey, we might, you know, we'll, we'll try to get you that. But if in three weeks or four weeks, if we don't get that, then we drop it down to, to five ninety nine, where you know we think it should be in in the beginning. Right. So that happens quite a bit. Um, and, and you know the, the the worst thing that we or the, one of the things that we don't want to have happen is to is you know your expectations to be more lofty than than yes. reality would yep. would show. And we don't want to be the bad guys and say, hey, you know what? I know you want six fifty, but you know the market is just showing that, you know, 625 or whatever it might be is kind of the cap. And, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't want to prove you wrong. That's not our job. We're, we're here to get every, every penny out of your house. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of, you know, again, reality and, and, that, and, I mean, and it where goes, the market is. That goes to the condition of the house too. Right. Because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. if, how they show. Exactly. If a buyer is going to drive up to your property and fall in love with it. And because it's, you know, everything is appointed really nicely. It's clean. It's, there's no clutter. It's updated. Then you're going to be able to to go for those you know loftier prices. If your home is you know still original, it's that's not a bad thing because some buyers like that. They can do their own thing to it. But you're probably not going to get as much as the property where the where the sellers or the owners put in sixty or a hundred thousand dollars to to update it throughout the years. Right. And I will say, you know, I, I've seen you know quite a few houses where you know a very well. And this is kind of off topic a little bit, but very well maintained original yeah and original meaning call it late 60s yeah for our, our local market here very well maintained original is to to an appraiser or to the bank might be worth the same as a mediocre flip yeah and we've seen a lot of lipsticks oh yeah L- lipstick on pigs right oh, yeah. and they they slap together these these flips real quick and well maintained original like i said with the family that was there raising their family kids and stuff that to me almost might be a better opportunity. I would rather buy one of those than, than something that was just slapped together. Right. Cause you don't know what they're trying to hide underneath, you know, anything exactly. else. So, and that goes to the whole inspection. We'll talk about that yeah. later, but yeah, definitely. If you guys have any examples, um, or a story of, of pricing your home for sale, or, you know, maybe you had an agent that had a, a, a really good strategy or, you know, that worked or didn't. <laughs> yeah. That worked or didn't, or they put you into a position to where, you know, you were able to get the most for your house. Go ahead and share that with us on uh, on Twitter at Chase and Kyle, Just and we'd love to you know bring that up in our in our next episode and uh, and talk about what you guys have been seeing out there. Absolutely. So and and as we we'll shift over to to the buying side and what what buyers should be looking for, what you should be looking for with with how to price your offer and and where where to go in there a couple of things to keep in mind you know list price is just a number so you know the the seller nine times out of ten or even more often than that is the is the final decision maker on that the agent can guide and and their job is to guide but the the realtors don't often pick the price mm-hmm. nor should they it's not it's not you know our job to do that but that said you know the houses that are out there are only going to be worth what the market and by market I mean you and the pool of other competing buyers for houses similar to that are going to pay. Yeah. So, you know, the a seller can have the loftiest of expe- expectations like we just talked about, 
But if the market's not there, the house isn't worth it. And they might pull it off the market saying, well, we're not going to sell right now because we're not going to get this price. Well, the market isn't going to give you that price. Yeah. And if the seller had a, a good agent on their side that that educated in the right way and said, hey, you know, this is this is around the price that we should be at, then don't be scared to, as a buyer, don't be scared to go over that list price. Because in this market, the the best deal is being the winning buyer. Is getting the house, especially yeah. when you've got more than one offer. Exactly. Yep. So be prepared to go over because if the, the market's going, you know, it, it, it's crazy right now. Everyone's talking about it, how, you know, there's three or four offers. Sometimes, you know, I had a listing where I had 22 offers on it and it was just out of this world. So don't be afraid to go over the market because... Over the if, list, not over yeah, the market. No, not over the market. You will not, you'll never go over the market because you are the market. You are the market. Right. Especially if you have, you know, like we talked about in, in episode one, if you have a, a good, honest agent on your side, right? trust them. Absolutely. If they're telling you that, that this place is a good deal, right? even if it is over list price, go for it. Don't be afraid because there's been, you know, buyers, what, two or three years ago that didn't want to go over list price, but eventually they did. Yep. And now they're, they're sitting on a... Uh, a nice little bed of cash. Right. With and, and, you know, and going back to that real quick on like, like Kyle mentioned, we talked about this uh, in the first episode, but you know, bear in mind that one of the first things that an agent is required to have you sign as a buyer or a seller too, is called an agency disclosure, which identifies the different types of agency relationships out there. But the first thing on there talks about how an agent representing you has the fiduciary duty and responsibility to be honest and forthright and look mm-hmm. out for your best interests. So a good agent can't let you go into something that might not be a wise decision yeah. or, or, or over overpay that kind of a thing. Yeah. And there's, but you know, we all, we all know that there are some agents out there who just because you sign that doesn't mean that they're a good agent. So Absolutely. you still have to be careful. You still have to choose wisely um, and, and find an agent that, that you guys are going to work well with and that you feel comfortable being with. Especially since, for most people out there, they're, the home that they buy or end up with is their biggest investment. And you want to make sure you have good representation on that side as well. Yeah. And what they're going to do and after you know signing that agency disclosure, choosing a price to offer on, on a property, they're not going to just look at that one house. They're going to go and they're going to pull up the comps from all the houses around there. So you can get an idea of what all the comps have sold for Now there's, there's different things to look out for. There's different, you know, factors. If one has an updated kitchen and bathrooms and you know, it, it's completely updated. It might, it's obviously going to sell for more than a house that, that doesn't have those upgrades. But, usually. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> usually. But in, in looking at the comps that your agent is going to, is going to do us what appraisers call our adjustments and they're going to, you know, take, okay, so, there's a certain amount of value that goes into an updated kitchen and there's a certain amount of value that you have to take off because maybe you're on a main road. So you're going to look at all those comps and I can guarantee you right now, there's not going to be one agent that's going to look at what the Zestimate says that that home is worth. No, in order no, to because offer. yeah, like I said, because an agent knows better than believe it or not is smarter than the computer. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> believe that or not. But well, actually let me, I, I pulled up the story. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That we, we heard about a while ago. Um, the CEO of Zillow. Oh, I love this one. The C. You guys might may have heard this story. Is it, it was? I think I think it made the it made the rounds through I, Facebook I think so, and, but and all the the websites. Yeah. I'll just go through it again real quick. 
so the CEO of Zillow was selling his home um, up in Seattle, and he had it listed for $1.75 million. His Zestimate on that property. Oh, sorry. His Zestimate was 1.75. And he had it listed for around that as well. I think it was, he had it listed at 1.69. He ended up selling his home for $1,050,000. I love it. So he was only $700,000 off. 40% less than his <laughs> Zestimate. <laughs> that's, that, that I hope, and I, I think that's an outlier. It's just hilarious that that big of a discrepancy was on the CEO of Zillow. I his house. And I think I, I I haven't gone through the whole um I haven't read it in a while, but I think when he bought his next house also, the estimate on the house he bought said, you know, one point two five and he ended up buying it for like two point one. Unbelievable. And we, we will post uh the link to that article on our on our Twitter page as well as our, our show notes. And and again if you guys have any good examples of of a house you bought or, or were offering on that was, you know, far and away above or below a estimate or anything like that, you know, go ahead and share those stories with us because we'd love to hear them. Again, Twitter at Chase Kyle. So there's there's an analogy that we've used to share with with clients over the years to talk about pricing and, and list price and the accuracy, I guess, of, of what a seller's looking for. So kind of picture this in your head because we usually draw it out and we'll Maybe we'll we'll try to draw a little, a little sheet on our yeah. on our, uh, our our notes as well and, and Twitter also. But um, so three houses, right? They're side by side by side on an internal location in their neighborhood, and they're all the exact same build, the same upgrades. They're identical houses. One's here, one's house A, one's house B, one's house C. Same everything, right? They all go in for sale at the same time. One's listed for five seventy five, one's listed for six hundred, and one's listed for six seventy five. 25. Same houses. 625. 625. What do they say? 75. Okay. 575, 600, six and six and a quarter. Okay. So what what you would go in, so you'd go into the 575 and you'd say, wow, this seems like a great deal. The other two are for six and six and a quarter. This is a steal, right? Yep. You go into the one at 625, the highest price and say, no way. There's two on the market right now for 575 and six. Why would I pay six and a quarter? And then you go into the one in the middle at six and you say, this is spot on. So, th- and that's that's kind of what you have to understand that you know the, the depending on where the price of the, the the list price is, the house may or may not be worth all of it. It might be worth a little bit less than list price. Yep. In this market, less common. But you also have to go into the one at five seventy five and say, "There's no way that I'm going to get this for five seventy five. Yeah. The the comparables are all above six. So if you go in with that information and that, you know, that's a good analogy or a good story to, to keep in the, in, you know, the back of your, back of your mind as you're looking at houses and, and looking at different list prices. And again, your agent should be able to, and, and will be able to explain, you know, where the values are for each, yeah. each house you're looking yeah. at. And it might take them a little bit longer to look at because they don't, they don't want to give you bad information either. And they usually would want to go back and, and take a look at the comps that give you the best, the best um, number, best yeah. story. Yeah. And just as a rule of thumb and going back to that to that story a little bit you don't want to go house shopping thinking that you're going to get it for under list right if you do you're going to be in for a a world of a, hurt a world of hurt <laughs> you, you you might be looking and writing offers for 6 months or a year until you find that one that's been sitting on the market overpriced like chase's 625 you know example Version, yep, yep. then then you'll get it under list 
But in reality, you're still getting it right at market of, of, of what it should be. Exactly. On the flip side, though, and, and talking about you know not going into every house wanting to to get it for under list. Great example just closed uh, here in in this area about a month. It was a month ago, and all of the comparables were between 740 and 770. That was this model. It's a very common model, uh, three bed, two bath, 1600 square feet, give or take. And they listed it for 699, which when we saw it, couldn't believe it was listed for 699 because it was worth well above that. And we're wondering because, you know, buyers generally don't like to pay over list, as Kyle just mentioned. Um, But sometimes you're going to have to. So this particular house, 699 on the market, ended up closing escrow for, Kyle, any ideas? 760. You must have something written down. Heads on the notes. Okay, dang it. Anyways, so 699 closed for 760. Now, the the kicker to that is going back to those estimates and just using them as a as a, you know, surface level guide, right? Mm-hmm. The estimate was 708. So, listed for 699, closed for 760, and the quote-unquote be all end all valuation was 708. And that's that's just amazing to me because like you said there were so many other houses of that same model in the same area that were selling in the 750 to 770 range. Right. So it's just that's that's what blows my mind about his estimates is how can they be so off when it's the same model but like we said it goes back to how their algorithm is. It's they they go off of price per square foot within a certain radius. Doesn't matter the type of home, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, there's there's one area that I'm thinking of that it's got a, a track of basically million dollar homes anywhere from 950 up to 1.2 depending on the size, and you know maybe half a mile away from it there's a in between that that million dollar home and the half mile away there's a, a section of single family homes, and then there's townhomes, so all those are within a mile radius, so all those townhomes that are in there they're using the same price per square foot as the single family and the million dollar homes. And when you get looking and you start, you know, understanding the, the price per square foot, you know, aspect of it, the bigger the home, the smaller the price per square foot. Right. right. So all these smaller townhomes are being affected on their estimates by these single family and their million dollar homes, because there, there's one, it's a, it's a three bed, two bath, the estimate on that one is is four seventy five, right? And and it's listed at five fifty. Now I I still think it's listed a little high. That sounds a little lofty, a little but, bit. But the the last couple sales of that model have They've been, been five ten five fifteen yeah, five ten five fifteen range. Right. So that I mean that estimate is still way off, even from what it should be at, at the five fifteen. Right. And then you know one more thought on in going back to the last story uh, that I had the seven versus seven sixty um, sale with that estimate at seven oh eight. Like I mentioned, now another thing to think of, you know, maybe, and I, I don't know the the exact algorithm and, and what everything they, they look into is. I'm mean, I'm sure it's a little bit more advanced. I would hope than just price per square foot. It, it has to be. But you know, say for example, the last three of those. It's a very common model, very common floor plan. So say for example, the last three of them that sold, maybe one was a fixer, maybe one was original, needed some upgrading here and there, and one of them was normal that's going to bring that valuation down a little bit because the houses aren't turnkey completely redone. Then say, for example, the one that's being sold is completely head to toe remodeled like this one was right. 
So this estimate is showing you, hey, this is kind of what they're worth because the last couple that were sold were sold in not the greatest condition, whereas this one is yeah. much, much nicer. And yeah. that's going to skew the numbers too. So again, going back to the first thing we said when we when we opened the episode, but just you know, talk to your agent. Your agent's going to know better, I would hope, and, and hope that the agent that you, that you choose to help you with buying or selling is going to be you know, well-versed in this kind of stuff. And if you have, like I said, questions for us, again, at Chase and Kyle on Twitter, you can also email us, Chase and Kyle podcast at Gmail, um, any questions, and we'd be certainly happy to help, um, you know, guide you if, if, if we can. Yep. And remember, in this market, the best deal is getting the house. And that'll do it for us today, you guys. Like we mentioned, we want to keep these short and sweet. And we hope you guys have gotten some valuable information out of this as always. Make sure to check back every other week for new episodes or better yet, subscribe to our RSS feed or our Chase and Kyle Master the Market podcast on iTunes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chase and Kyle. Just the end. And Facebook. Please leave us a review on our iTunes page. And as always, we appreciate your time today. Next episode, we will be welcoming our first guest. So make sure you tune in. It's going to be a wonderful discussion. Thanks again, everyone. Please share this with your friends and family, and we will talk to you again soon.